We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Like I say, you can die lost in a sound booth, in a security room, anywhere where it's always a job to you. And so you can die lost from a pulpit. You got to be fed. You got to be able to pay 100% attention sometimes. And so it's a great thing uh, when we help one another. Brother Tony's back there and he's helping Brother Tony Webb. He hadn't backslid. He's back there helping Brother Sam and some other ones. And some of them will start getting some relief soon. And uh, God is good. I want to ask about eight or ten men maybe uh, to, to forgive me. And I don't, I don't mean it literally. I mean it for you. Because I, I preached at uh, men's conference for the North Texas District on Friday night. A, uh, a very short and simple thought. And uh, that wasn't good enough. And we need to hear it here. So the few little verses that I shared there, we're going to go into the depths of that a little bit so you know what's coming uh, right now Thursday night of last week Thursday night Friday morning I felt what felt the best way I can describe it was uh, a, a mild jolt to my to my chest to my heart at first I even considered at first I even considered what what was that? You know, you don't like to be woke up and feel like you've been punched in the chest. And uh, But immediately I recognized the touch. I recognized why I was awakened. And I, I heard that, that voice that I am longing to be even more familiar with. And something spoke to my mind, my heart. I can't tell you these 30 days of prayer and fasting have been incredible. And uh, I told somebody last night, I said, I feel like I'm more vertically in line with the Lord right now than in a long, long time. I mean, prayer and fasting will do that for you. you. When you deny your body every day, it'll start changing you. And so I've had a few pretty incredible encounters. And so I'm going to just say it like this. I can't tell you if I heard it with my ears. Or if I heard it with my mind. But as quick as I raised up, about that was probably 4 o'clock in the morning last Thursday, Friday morning. Thursday night, Friday morning. Something spoke to me. Audible or not, I don't know. But I heard it as clear as anything. And it said, you are Lazarus. And that really kind of scared me. You know, because I just woke up with my chest feeling like it got punched. You know, and and that next statement kind of spooked me a little bit. And so I I said, check my pulse, and you know, looking for my carotid, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm all alive and good. So I go back to sleep. About 45 minutes went by. It was just before five o'clock. I just just fallen asleep. Boom. I raised up and it said you are 
Lazarus. This time I grabbed my phone and I said, the Lord knows me well and I will forget that. And that has some important meaning to some, something in the near future. So I wrote in my notes, you are Lazarus. I went back to sleep. I woke up about three hours later for the day. And as soon as I stepped off of my bed, the words hit me. You are Lazarus. So I went immediately and I began to read. And I thought, Lord, okay, we all know about Lazarus. And it was as though the Lord just had his thumb on my spirit saying, there's so much more. Don't be so shallow. So as I began to dig into the life and death and life of Lazarus, I want to preach to us today, you are Lazarus. You are Lazarus. Amen. John 11 and verse number 1. St. John 11 and 1 in your King James Version Bible I'll read. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Drop down to verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. That doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface that the Bible would point out that he loved these people. They were like family to him. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, he loved them all. They were his friends. They were his close friends. They were his family as though it were. And he gets a word that Lazarus is sick. Someone even tells him he's sick unto death. You need to get home. And the Bible says that Jesus stayed where he was at two more days. I want to preach for a little bit. I am Lazarus. Help me pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. God, I'm so unworthy to stand behind this pulpit, but I thank you that you're worthy to be preached about. You're worthy to be lifted and praised and high among us all. I thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. I ask you to bless every man, every woman, every young person that remains in this room tonight, today. Lord, I ask you to bless those that are serving in nursery. Bless them. All of those that are watching somewhere or will watch at another time or listen. Lord, just let this word find a place where it can grow in their heart and produce a great harvest. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And we declare a special anointing in Jesus' matchless name we pray. And let's love him one more time. Come on, with all of our heart for about 10 seconds, just praise him. Look at your neighbor and just say, you are Lazarus. And all I want to know is which version. God bless you. You may be seated. <laughs> what version? We, we see Lazarus in more than one way in this passage and throughout his life. And so...
there are uh, some other conversations between the one of him being sick and them asking the Lord to come. Uh, between there and verse 11, and for time's sake, I won't read those. If, if you feel you need to, then just go back and read between what we've read, and, and you'll see that it doesn't necessarily apply to this message. John 11 and 11 through 14. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Now they think he's sick, and rest always does you well. And this is the statement that they're making. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. You jump down to verse uh, 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am. (laughs) Oh, take us back about an hour and a half. I am the resurrection and the life. He that dwelleth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. I want to just preach for just a little bit. Each and every person in this room has been or is now currently in some uh, exact state of life or otherwise that Lazarus was in. And so I want us right now to just see Lazarus, how he is. He's dead. Jesus says it very plain. He, he, he's lifeless. He, he does not have a pulse. He, he's been gone. It hadn't been spoken yet. We'll get to it. But he's already been gone several days now when Jesus shows up. And I want to just ask the question because we're all Lazarus at some stage of his reporting of life. But I want to know today, are you the dead Lazarus? Are you the one that used to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and you were his friend and had dinners with him and prayed before supper time, met him at an altar, played an instrument, sung a song, taught in a class, dealt with those. Are you the Lazarus that's in the tomb right now and you need a fresh voice from the master? What Lazarus are you? Lazarus lies dead. There are people in this building and a crowd this size. No doubt in my mind that what you need right now is for that great holy one of Israel, the Christ, the Lord himself, to speak into your deadness, into your spiritual death, into the tomb that has you so wrapped up and covered up in darkness. And he needs to stand at the edge of your world and speak on your behalf. 
If you're that Lazarus today, Jesus Christ came to seek and to save and to raise that which was dead back unto a spiritual life. He doesn't want you to be lost. He doesn't want you to be in darkness. He doesn't want you to be bound. He desires to raise you. We've all been Lazarus at some point. We are currently some. We are that Lazarus today. We just got to make sure we don't have too much pride to identify who we are. Watch this. That was the first known Lazarus was him alive. The second one's he's dead. You get to verse 39. Jesus said... Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe that thou shouldest see the glory of God. You see, in the text right here, the Lord is talking to the other church people. He's talking to the other brothers and the other sisters and the other believers. And he's saying, the only way that Lazarus is going to walk out of there is if somebody will praise me, is if somebody will believe in me, if somebody will trust in me. Come on, folks, don't just walk in and know things automatically. Somebody's got to roll the stone away. Somebody's got to show who Jesus is. Somebody's got to share a life experience. Somebody's got to teach a Bible study, sing a song, teach a lesson, preach a message. Somebody's got to roll the stone away to have a new Lazarus. If you believe, you see the glory of God. You see in our text, he's a dead Lazarus. He's a friend of Jesus. He's a follower. He's, a, he, he's connected. It hurts the heart of the man, the flesh, Christ, Jesus. It, it breaks his heart to see this situation unfold. But with all this church family around and all of this connection and these other friends of Jesus and family of Jesus and, and people that have dinner and lunch and breakfast and travel with Jesus, I want to tell you something. I'm not going to stay here very long, but I want somebody to know when people that are dead recognize that the death of Lazarus is akin and a type and shadow of a spiritual death, when people realize they can walk to an altar and bring their old terrible stinking lifestyle, it's why we need spirit-filled people in the altar. Somebody's got to roll the stone away. Somebody's got to talk to them. Somebody's got to be there. I'm just so thankful that we get to decide today which Lazarus am I going to be? Am I going to be the one that's dead and stinking in some tomb somewhere? Or am I going to let the witness of the church and the Lord himself cause me to rise? Well, what's crazy is there's, uh, there's there's a middle Lazarus. There's a Lazarus that's, that's dead. But I want to tell you something. It's not well enough. It's not well enough to just hear the voice of Jesus to call you from your current status of spiritual death. That's not enough. I'm going to prove it to you. With everybody there and everybody praising, 
this being akin to, to death and a type of shadow uh, of sin. Uh, Martha said, he stinks. The, the people around you will always notice your spiritual decomposition. They will always spot the stink. A lot of times they'll spot the stink to make sure it's more than their stink. A lot of times I can point at that dead one so try to get the eyes off of this dead one. Come on, I'm preaching to you right here. The home stinks, job stinks, walk stinks, talk stinks, marriage stinks, finance stinks, health is stinking, I got addictions that stink, I got hookups that stink, got hangups that stink. Martha, don't you know Jesus already knows that the man stinks and he's not scared of the stink, he's not scared of the problem, he's not bothered. He don't care who you are or where you came in today. You may be belching up last night's whiskey, but Jesus Christ is not bothered by your stink. He's just calling your name. Somebody needs to hear me. He walked into this place today. He's standing at your spiritual tomb, and he's calling you by name, and he's saying, come forth. Wake up from your deadness. Relationship with children stink. Woo. We see a live man, then we see a dead man. Then we see a dead man that's stinking. Every single one of us have had the smell of sin on our life. Every single one of us have had the smell of this old world on our life. Many, many people in here have had the smell of bar hopping on your breath. Many people in here, well, let me just quit. But I'm going to tell you something. When those that are closest to Jesus point it out, you don't get it. He stinks. The Lord's like, hey, I am he that was before life, and I am he that will be after life. I breathe the first breath into him. I'll breathe the second breath into him. He's telling somebody spiritually in this place, you've gotten cold, you've gotten callous, you've walked out on the Lord even, you've turned your back because of some situation, but in the big picture, in the big scope of things, Jesus is trying to tell you, come on with your stink, come on with your problems, come on with your issues. Don't ever forget Jesus loves a nasty situation. Things that are beyond human repair. When counseling can't do it and lawyers and judges and mediators can't do it, Jesus is saying, somebody just let me, just some, somebody just call my name. Uh, so he gets down to 43 after they've given him all the reasons why this dead guy this spiritual backslider walked out on God. Why he can't live. You just don't understand where, where he's been. You don't understand what he's been doing. Verse 43. And after he told them to remove the stone. Here's the next thing that happens. When he had thus spoken. He cried with a loud voice. 
I'd like to, I'd like to see that. Uh, can you imagine what it's going to look like on that great and terrible day when the trumpet sounds and the Lord calls his people home and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those of us which are alive and remain will be caught up to see them later? I wouldn't mind standing right out in front of the Terrell High School football stadium ready to go when on my way to heaven when the trumpet sounds and right across the street, 2,500 people that have made themselves ready or ever how many... Can you imagine? It's already been experienced by some folks. <laughs> Watch this. Here comes a new version of Lazarus, and there's people in this place that are this version. He's alive. He's alive. But there's a problem. He's bound. You see, people come to the altar and leave bound with addiction. People come to the altar and they'll have a little short victory and they'll go right back out and battle that same thing. They'll come to the altar and it'll happen again. Family will be straightened out, put together, and they'll battle it again. Things will happen and they'll battle it again. It keeps happening. Folks, let me tell you, the enemy's not going to go away until the Lord dispatches of him. We're always going to have a battle. We might as well just go ahead and realize if I slip and fall in the stink, he'll still love me. I got to get myself back up, get in his presence. Too many of us have let hell dictate how good Jesus is. So here's this version. He's come to the altar now as though it were a spiritual death. He's come to the altar and he said, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. Or he's in the, or he's in the church house or he's standing in his calling and he, he, he feels the heartbeat again. It's not a good steady flow. It's not a good pump. It's not, everything's not right. There, there, there's the upper chambers and the lower chambers aren't working quite together. Life has just, just come back and he's standing there. He's still wrapped in grave clothes. Something I've never really heard preach a whole lot. But I got a feeling those grave clothes smell like grave. Although he's alive, he still smells like his past. He's had his first call, but he still looks like his past. He's had his first call, but to the, to the degree of his conversation, he still talks like his past. The Lord recognizes something else. He said the same church body and the same people that rolled the stone away are going to have to be the ones to reveal sight to him again. Whoa. He's spoken to the family. He's spoken to finances. He's spoken to health situations. He's spoken to soul issues and soul aches. He's spoken to all of these things. But we're bound by the things from our past life. It has us almost in such of a, a mummified state that guess what you can't do when you're bound? He said, oh, clap your hands, all you people. I want to see Lazarus do that. Said, lift up holy hands. I want to see Lazarus do that. Psalm 149 and 3 said, let them praise the name of the Lord in the death. He might have got, got that. I don't know how that would have worked, but I want to tell you something, folks. He was alive. He had a heartbeat, but he didn't have a walk. 
As people walk into the church and the Lord calls them back to this marvelous life uh, called living for him and, and belonging to him. But the Bible said the, the stone is moved. Now he's alive. He's breathing. But there's a problem. He's bound. He can't live a normal life in his old clothes. Let your brain marinate in that a minute. And he that was dead... came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin Jesus saith unto them them who? the rest of the church folk loose him and let him go Jesus speaks to the fellows and the family around him You've seen him. You've seen that he's alive. You've noticed now that he's standing upright, but you still, you still see he's bound by the chains and fetters of his old life. He's still handicapped. He's standing there. He can't move on his own. Somebody in the church is going to have to loose the man. You know what? Jesus could have stood up there and pulled one time on them grave clothes and spun Lazarus like a top, but he didn't do that. He said, this is the job of the church. You're going to take them to their next step. I'm going to put them in the lap of mama. After I've spoken to them, you're going to show them how to live. You're going to teach them how to walk. You're going to teach them how to see. You're going to have revelation for them. The altar workers get a hold of him and start pulling the cover off his eyes. All of a sudden, I don't know where he had been for four days. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what's going on in that portion of his life or his death, rather. But I want to tell you this right here. I know when he could see, and all of a sudden he could see Mary and Martha and Jesus and the people he loved and liked to hang out with and run with and have good meals with. Something began to go on the old ticker. And when they started unraveling it, I don't know if he spun or they spun around him I don't know how the unwrapping went but I'm going to tell you the next version of Lazarus is he's no longer in the grave he's no longer in the clothes of his past all of a sudden he's free to worship all of a sudden he's free to dance he's free somebody hear me right now what Lazarus are you have you been freed from a life of sin why aren't you dancing why aren't you rejoicing why aren't you worshiping why is it that you're satisfied to be in the same position that you were when you were dead It's not the will of God that Life Point Church sit around in grave clothes and we not wonder, have you ever been delivered? I just want the world to know I'm alive. I'm not in, I'm not in the grave anymore. I don't have my clothes wrapping anymore. I'm, somebody hear me. What Lazarus are you? If you're the dead one, let him call your name. Listen close. If you're the live one, demand to be set free so that you can worship him in spirit and truth. Yeah. 
face covered. I can't see nothing. Can't clap my hands. Can't walk. Can't run. Can't dance. Can't pray. Can't worship. That is a living Lazarus that has no walk with God. But all of a sudden, when he's unwrapped, we see another identity. Standing on his own two feet. Here comes the best version of Lazarus. We don't hear this preached enough. This hit me hard that morning. We don't hear this preached enough. We get all excited about him coming back to life. We get super excited about that miracle. And we should. But I hate to tell you, if we stop right there, that's the shallow part of Lazarus' story. Uh, That's me saying I'm satisfied with a miracle. Brother Dockery, the Holy Ghost punched me in the chest two times and said, you're Lazarus, and woke me up the next morning. And I had to go find out what that was. I said, Lord, we all know. The church knows. These men at this conference are for the church. Whoever you're giving this to me for, everybody knows about Lazarus. And something said, you got to go deeper than that. you got to get out of that shallow miracle and understand there's more to Lazarus. And that story. Uh, you get down to John 11 and verse 45. Oh, then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. All of a sudden, The dead man being resurrected to life, the sinner turned saint, all of a sudden caused the Jews, the unbelievers to say, hey, I can believe in a God that can raise a man from the dead. I can believe. And the Bible said that because of Lazarus, many unbelievers began to follow. People began to live their life for Jesus Christ. Flip to the next chapter, John 12, 1 through 2. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him. This is talking about Jesus. Don't get mixed up here. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So, let me get this right. He's raised from the dead. He's taken out of his grave clothes. He's been freshened up now. A few days have passed. It's fixing to be one of the most important moments, the most important in the history of humanity is about to happen in just a little while. And Jesus is gathering some witnesses about his goodness and about his mercy. He's trying to show them who he is. Post-death, burial, and resurrection and freedom. Now he's a follower, not just a friend. Suddenly, his revelation of who Jesus is goes beyond believing to having an absolute understanding It's one thing to believe. I believe the things I was taught all my life. 
But when I got a revelation, woo! You know, I can tell you how to live, and many of you would say, yeah, that's great, I'll do that. But when you have a revelation of it, it won't be like it's a law to you. When you have a revelation, oh, don't, let me just stop right there. So I looked this word up, sat at the table with him. Lazarus sat at the table with him. One definition of sat at the table. The word sat means to lounge, feet up. Here's Jesus. He's walking around, Mary and Martha, everybody's working, people are in town, stuff's going on, and Lazarus like, what's up? It's what it means. Completely relaxed. Feet up in the presence of Jesus. Sometimes some folks are so ashamed of what they're done, they'll never get comfortable in his presence again. Folks, you've got to put the stink behind you. you. Come on. we got to learn how to get comfortable in the presence of Jehovah God, the Almighty, and say, this is where I belong. I used to be bound. I used to be dead. I used to sting. But thank God it's a brand new day in the middle. Somebody hear me. What Lazarus are you? Oh, it gets better than that. Watch this. Because now we get down to verse 9. Here's the Lazarus I'm looking for. Much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was theirs, Lazarus. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. You may tell you the greatest revival you could ever have. You have a bona fide dead man raised at church. You won't get the folks in the building. You know what I think? I think in these last days, I think we're absolutely entering into the last days. If we're not already deep into the last days, I don't know how far we are, but I know what I feel in my spirit. And I hadn't always preached like this, and I don't want to scare anybody, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe just any day now, the trumpet of the Lord is going to sound. I don't want to be found dead. I don't want to be found in my grave clothes. I don't want to be stinking and handcuffed to my past. I don't want my old addictions holding me down. I don't want who I used to be to represent me now. I want a church body to say, come on, come out of that grave. Come on, get out of them old stinking grave clothes and become something again. I talk to every saint, every sinner, every backslider. I don't care what's going on in your world. Hell, I try to bring some little piddly junk into your mind and cause you to be offended or have a grudge. You need to get that stink off of you. Head to an old-fashioned altar. Somebody needs to hear me preach today. What Lazarus are you going to be? Here's what that says. It says that Lazarus became the attraction. It may 
made me feel so good, Brother Donnie, as a young minister. When the world knew what I was, knew I used to stink and had on grave clothes and had to be called out of a cave of spiritual death. And I stand behind a pulpit and preach as a younger man and still from time to time these days I'll run into somebody after all these years and somebody will say, you are the last person I ever expected to see in a pulpit. You don't know what that does to me. It lets me know. I say, hey, come on. Don't, don't come for me. Come for Jesus. But I want you to come hear me preach. I got a testimony. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I once was bound, but now I'm free. I once was blind, but now I see. I choose to be a Lazarus that leads somebody to Jesus. Sister Beckham, I don't know how much time I need, but I don't need, but you can just come on, be fine. God is not a respecter of persons. Well, Pastor, I've failed three or four times. I've, I've been stinking more than once. You're here. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm, I'm kind of a saint in disguise. You ain't disguising nothing. He smells you. I'm kind of a saint that just shows up from, we, we recognize that. But we're not scared. The church is not scared. You know, you see them bumper stickers, I ain't scared. Jesus has that all over everywhere. Bring the stink, bring the blind, bring the wrappings, bring the deaf, whatever you want to bring. Just make sure the church can roll back the stone and unroll. See, some of you may not realize this, but if you were to repent of your sins and take on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism, you hear me close right now. If you was to start living a life of life, you hear me? It's not enough to just, to, to, to just live. You've got to be alive. If you start living a life of life, your friends, your family, those you've been communing with, those you've been drinking with, those you've been partying with, those you've been running with, those you've been bar hopping with, those you've been chopping it up and lining it up with and rocking it up, those you've been throwing all your money on the, on the gambling casino table with, all of those, if you ever Walk out of the grave free from the wrappings of an old life and the stench of a spiritual death. Those people will want to see what happened to you. The first Sunday in October, we got Friends Day. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you right now under a, an old-fashioned anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to challenge you to invite somebody to church. And then when they show up, you don't act dead. Listen to me. They have been to the frozen chosen. They've been to all the other church. They already know what you are. They expect you to carry it out. Don't show up and be a disappointment to your guest.
act like we're on the 18th hole at putting time. I got a feeling Lazarus could have done that. People that know what God's delivered you from ain't come to see you dead on the pew. They don't expect you to come back to work unchanged. You said you got something. You ain't got to prove it to me, but you're going to have to prove it to somebody. Hey, if you would have read that story, some of those verses, I love this right here. This is, this is bam, boom, fire and torches. Many theologians have declared their belief that Jesus knew what he was fixing to say to Lazarus. He had already told these guys, I've done, done this so there would be glory. You know, it, it's not a... It's not a big deal. He's dead, but he's going to live. It's going to be okay. and uh, Everything's going to be fine. He knew, he knew, he knew. But the Bible says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept, and many believe, and many have stated, well, it was because he was so sad that Lazarus was gone. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I have to disagree with you. Jesus knew the outcome. He didn't let his earthly emotions get in the way and start weeping at the, at, the, at the tomb of a friend that he's about to speak life to. If that's the case, every sinner in the place, he would weep because you're, you're headed to eternal damnation. But instead of weeping, he speaks. So what does Jesus weep about? Because they've been walking with him all this time and he said, y'all still don't know who I am. I declare to you, Jesus wept because of the unbelief of the people that had already watched the dead raised and the blind eye open and the deaf ear unstopped and the withered hand straightened out and the messed up feet turned. Come on. He wept because there was an unbelief among the people that should have known. So maybe one of the saddest verses in Scripture as some theologians have declared. And if they can say that that's the saddest in Scripture in that story, then I'm going to say it exactly how I believe it. I believe there's also the funniest Scripture in this same passage that's ever been recorded. You had not read that one, have you? In this story, the, 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 funniest, the, the funniest thing, when you jump down to verse, the people are so messed up, they're so mad, they're so frustrated about Jesus and, and Lazarus and all the Jews now. I mean, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the spiritual leaders are watching their people go to see Lazarus who was dead and who now lives and because of that connection they fall in love with Jesus Christ and follow him in the way and the old Jewish scholars are mad they're bothered they're trying to figure out what to do and this is when the funniest verse in scripture happens 
arguably, verse number 10. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. They've already said they're going to kill Jesus. That's fixing to happen just, what, six days, just a few days from now. It's going to happen. And so now they're conspiring to put Lazarus to death. Folks, that's funny. That's like tempting a hungry man with a cheeseburger. Tempting a thirsty man with a bottle of Fiji water. Tempting a big guy with a buffet. It's like, oh, my punishment is going to be death. Where where do y'all want to do this at? I've already been there. Come on. How you going to threaten me with physical death? When that man's just going to stand and say, Lazarus, come forth. Church, roll the stone away. Take off the grave clothes and binders. Once we die unto the Lord, what does that mean? Once we go to the altar, we repent of our sins and crucify this flesh as though it were at an altar of repentance and we let the old man die here the Bible said a new man arises when you go down in that water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Peter said it like this they said how how what do we do to inherit this how are we to be saved he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children as many as the Lord our God shall call. Here's what I want to tell you. When you walk to this altar, anybody else can say anything they want to say about you. And you can just go, that's the best you got? You don't know him. He's a bad alcoholic. Uh, well, I was in that tomb. I, I, I was bound there. But I heard a, a very distinct voice. I wasn't a big old Carmen fan, but how many of you remember Carmen? He's a, a, a good singer, a little whimsical, and just in my opinion, done some just some kind of off, off stuff. But it was all good. I mean, I had nothing to say. But I never forget when he sung the song about Lazarus. I said, "How many of y'all heard that song?" Oh my Lord, are you kidding me, Brother Jaden? Can we get a song up? I'm feeling this I think you just need to hear this I think it's the best rendition of what must have been going on just give me a moment give me a moment I'm sure we'll have to mute this or or the world of censorship will get us Lazarus by Carmen we got we got blazing internet y'all just hold on Listen to me. 
are you telling me that the best thing you can do after my death, burial, and resurrection is talk about my old death? You gonna talk about the old me? Talk about the old convict me, the old addict me, the old lying me, the old gambling me, the old cheating me. I mean, is that the best you got, devil? Because according to the word of the Lord Jesus, that don't exist. Is it possible? We got, hey, look here, y'all, we got it. Hey, now listen, brother, brother Sound Man. We don't want to hear this one quiet. Many years ago, in a far off place in the Middle East, Jesus Christ once again proved his miracle working power when he told his disciples to take away the stone and he said, Lazarus, come forth. All right, just hang on. I want you to hear the song. I don't know, that looks like a play or a program or something. That's going to be it right there. Right there. Play that one. We got a three-second ad. Y'all, it's all good. We'll fix and go home. Skip ad. Thank you. I believe it's similar to this.
While Mary and Martha just wanted to see their Lazarus. Said now this meeting come to order. Can I get a witness for the Lord tonight? Abraham kicked it off, said, I want y'all know that I knew him. He gave a child to my barren wife. Isaac waved his hand, said, Hey daddy, I knew him too. Jacob jumped up, says, Amen, Grandpa preaching. Oh, dignified Solomon, he adjusted his robe, said, I knew him. He made me so smart, I started to teach him. Ezekiel said, I knew him as a wheel within a wheel. Job said, man, he healed me when I was almost dead. Samson said, I knew him when some Philistines tried to jump me. I took a donkey jawbone, busted a few heads. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says we knew him in the fiery furnace. Jonah said, man, he gave me a second chance. Daniel cried out, I knew him in a hunger den of lions. The Holy Ghost hit King David, he just started to dance. Lazarus got so excited, he shouted, hey, I knew him too. Moses put down his stick and said, hey, who's the new kid? Needless to say, the room got real quiet when Lazarus said, but I knew him in a way that y'all never did. See, man, I walked with him and talked with him. I saw how his teachings awed the crowds. Those famous tears of compassion, I could actually see. Man, he used to come over to my house after church, and my sisters would make him dinner. Every month, I even supported his ministry. See, man, I, I watched him confront the Pharisees. I was there when he fed the 5,000. I heard the people gasp when he healed the lame. You see, man, I, I remember the littlest things, the things that most folks would forget, like the simple loving way he just called my name. Up at the grave, the stone rolled away with a loud voice. Jesus started to say, You see, fellas, it, it just seemed like yesterday. I can hear that man saying, my Matter of fact, it seemed like today I don't. Lazarus. Excuse me, brothers. I, I think I hear him calling now. What? Lazarus. Jesus. Lazarus. Jesus. Lazarus. Jesus. Lazarus. Hey, Jesus. Lazarus. Come forth. Come forth. I command you. Come forth. Lazarus. Hey. Sickness, be healed. Mouth. 
pardon the dramatic effect that come over me today but I want somebody to understand you can know Jesus like Lazarus when he speaks your name when he calls you from your deadness when he calls you from your stinking addiction when he calls you from your grave of sin and death and bitterness and misunderstanding and self-destruction he's ready to call your name which Lazarus will you be when you leave this house I want the singers to come Jesus is standing at the tomb of every saint he's standing at the tomb of every backslider he's standing at the tomb of every sinner and he's saying come forth I'm wondering if there's some people in this place right now. He's up to forgiving of sins. He's up to rolling a stone away. He's up to taking your old life's clothes off and restoring you back to something pure and holy that looks right, smells right, walks right, talks right, acts right. He's ready. He's ready. Come on. I'm inviting you to come, saints of God. We need some people to roll some stones back.